0: Living on Earth relies on your generosity to broadcast each week. Please donate now at LOE.org.
1: It's Living on Earth. I'm Steve Kerwood. In Herman Melville's classic tale of a whale, the narrator, called Ishmael, boards a schooner in the port at the heart of the whaling industry, New Bedford, Massachusetts. New Bedford was the city that lit the world back when whale oil was the chief fuel for lamps. Those days, and most of the whales, are long gone. But New Bedford has ambitions for a new and more sustainable energy future, as reporter Naomi Ehrenberg discovered on a
0: recent visit. If you walk up the hill from the port of New Bedford, through the cobblestone streets of the downtown area, you'll see some of the same buildings that Herman Melville described in his 19th century novels there's a lot of 21st century green change in New Bedford as well as city officials are developing a model for environmental responsibility that they say could be copied all over the U.S.
1: When I took office in January of this year, I thought it was very important to set a tone about conservation and sustainability and one way to do that was to continue the retrofit program that had been started by the previous administration.
0: John Mitchell is mayor of New Bedford. He's continuing programs that the previous administration started three years ago. Federal stimulus dollars funded a new department, the Energy Office, which undertook energy assessments and retrofitting in homes and municipal buildings.
1: This is all with an effort really to save folks in the city money on energy. And we have a very needy population here. We have about 20% of our population, unfortunately, lives under the poverty line. And so every nickel
0: for them counts. Poverty is key to the city's environmental initiatives. The wealthy whaling captains and cotton mill owners, the ones who built imposing homes and large public structures, they're gone. Over the last half century, the city's population has shrunk by about a quarter, and unemployment has remained high. A new citywide program aims to lower energy costs, create jobs, reduce carbon emissions, and help build community. Ken Ramis is the Outreach Coordinator for New Bedford Energy Now. It's
1: really about all the people that I knew, just being able to call them up and for them to know me, they could
0: trust me, that if I said free audits, you know, they would believe me. Ramus is known as a community organizer and electrician. Now he's reaching out to all residents, both owners and renters, through numerous community organizations and schools to make sure that everyone knows about energy audits, cost free through the state's mass save program. Adrian Wilkins is Ken's assistant. There is no movement without our community's involvement. And knowing someone for 30, 40, 50, 60, how do you Ken 22? 70 years is it so important because without that, people are a little hesitant. You know, they want to know who you are, where you're from. There is no outreach without the relationship to the community. MassSave offers every household $2,000 worth of inspectional services and improvements, air sealing the home, insulating the hot water heater and attic, and replacing incandescent lamps with compact fluorescent bulbs. And local 16- to 24-year-olds, who've dropped out of school, are being trained to do the work. Okay. All right. Um, just give me a half a seat. Gloria Williams is director of New Bedford's Youth Build program. We have construction training, we have weatherization training. Several years ago, youth builds across the country, and particularly here in New Bedford, we were experiencing funding losses. And secondly, our labor market is not really that strong for young people. So we were trying to figure out ways that we could increase job opportunities for graduates of the Youth Build program. And at that time, green was on a new wave. So we decided to do weatherization as a service in YouthBuild. Her graduates earn $15 an hour as contractors for Mass Save, high wages for this region. But these days, business is down and the program is running in the red. That's unfortunate in a city with over 75% youth unemployment, and YouthBuild is likely to cut this program. But Ken Ramis of New Bedford Energy Now is upbeat, He sees a bright spot in the city's solar outreach efforts, with current technology as an important tool.
1: Oh, we use Google Earth all the time. Our contractors use Google to go around and identify potential sites for solar. We look at housing placements, we look at the best houses, and we'll actually identify those homes and go knock on the door of people and say, we've been looking at your home on Google, excuse us, you have a perfect roof, you're in a perfect position,
0: we would like you to consider solar. And solar installation can be free for New Bedford residents. It works this way. The city partners with a privately owned national company, Real Goods Solar, which installs the arrays at no cost on any roof with clear southern exposure. Real Goods owns the energy produced and the solar array for 20 years, while the resident buys energy from Real Goods at a fixed price, below the average rate. Then, after two decades, the solar installation will belong to the building owner. So far, only three homeowners have gone solar with this program, but two more installations are pending, and residents are signing up for solar evaluations. Public housing is going green, too. After retrofitting all of its 516 buildings, the Housing Authority outfitted 24 with photovoltaic cells last year and the city's municipal buildings are becoming energy efficient as well thanks to Scott Durkee, the city's energy director who was recovering from a cold when I met him. During his first few years in town his office accomplished a lot, but there were problems.
1: When it came to the solar and really expanding these programs because I was an outsider, a lot of roadblocks when Ron took me under his wing, these doors have now opened and now you've seen the solar program really move forward.
0: Ron is the city's Commissioner of Infrastructure, Ron LaBelle. He shares Scott's agenda.
1: My electric bill in the city is roughly $4.5 million. When I say the wastewater collection system, that's a treatment plant, and it's also pumping station, so it's a large mechanical operation. We have over 33 pumping stations citywide. So I became familiar with Scott Durkee and his program, and we started looking at solar. This building that we're in right now on a sunny day, our medias are turning backwards because we produce more energy than we use.
0: So we're making money on this. It's not a bad deal. Back at the harbor, some of the fleet of 300 fishing boats are preparing to go to sea. Within a couple of months, they'll be plugging into electric stations at the pier rather than running their dirty diesel engines to cool the catch or heat the cabin. And the harbor is set for a new green industry as the nation's first staging ground for wind farms, a project just approved by the EPA. Ron LaBelle again. This will be the staging area for all of the materials that are going to be shipped into New Bedford to be shipped out
1: into Buzzards Bay to build the Cape Wind project. There's a lay-down area for all of the impellers that come in that are 180 foot long. So everything can be brought in by rail, put on ships, and brought out for the Cape Wind project.
0: City Energy Director Scott Durkee is equally enthusiastic about the port's future in wind.
1: It's not just Cape Wind. New Bedford now will be the deployment of any offshore wind development in the Northeast. It is one of the greatest economic benefits for the city probably the last 50 years, and it is truly exciting. you got the foundation of the short sea shipping with the potential of the future of this country with wind, and we're at the heart of it.
0: And Scott Durkee says this is just part and parcel of New Bedford's focus on new energy.
1: The goal was to tie what we're doing now with the history and the pride of this city. And the cultural pride in this location is unbelievable. They lit the world. At one point, they were the first energy capital of the world. That's huge. And what we said is, in the past, we lit the world. Going forward, we're going to sustain it. We're going to teach how to do the right things. We're not going to generate to light the world ever again. But now let's show them how to do it right, which is what we're all doing together, trying to build that model that you can hand off. That incorporates everything.
0: If New Bedford can once again provide a guiding light, then perhaps other communities will follow into a green energy future. For Living on Earth, I'm Naomi Arenberg in New Bedford, Massachusetts.